Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. For the podcast viewers, number one, top five podcast in the world. Uh, my name is Alexander Gonzalez from St. Pete, Florida. 
And I am really, 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 really excited for this next hour because I'm going to be bringing someone that I got to meet at the Grow Your Business for God's Sakes conference. And he was a phenomenal, a phenomenal talk. I can tell you he was entertaining. He was motivating. He was educating. He was inspiring. He was showing us a very different way and perspective of sometimes viewing what most would say are horrific circumstances. He is a 2018 CCMA-nominated artist. He's appeared on multiple CMT, which is country music television, nationally broadcasted reality TV shows. He's even shared the stage with Keith Urban. And what I love about him is that he fuses his music background with his stand-up comedy. And if I'm not mistaken, has an album that just dropped or is about to drop. But what's really cool, and I think that this stands out most, a great critic has said that he has a great voice and a fabulous songwriter. And that great critic was Rory's mom. Rory Gardner, brother, how are you doing today, my dude? I am doing just fantastic. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I love when I give a great intro and they're not even there. That's like my favorite thing in the world. No, No. I was on mute. It was all good. I feel like I'm on a Zoom call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Dude, so listen, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here. You are someone that, like, I mean, I don't know if you could hear me laughing from stage, but you had me cracking up um, throughout your whole entire talk. You were funny. You were so positive. You're musically talented. For those that love yoga, he may have offended you because uh, he says that yoga is not a workout and a funny song, but there's a point to that. Talk to me, dude. Uh, how are you doing today? Are you excited to be here? I'm so excited to be here. I, I, it's been a while since I've been on the show. I mean, I was with uh, I think I was on Glenn's show a few, a few months ago, but it's uh, it's been a while, and I, I miss it. I, I tune in every now and then, and I'm always excited when I'm when I'm when I'm here. Now you are based out of uh, Canada, correct? Are you in Ontario? Or are you in, where, where are you at? I'm in Ontario. Yeah, and, and, and specifically in Ottawa. Is that what I believe I saw or? That's where, right. Are you I in Toronto? No, I'm, okay. in, I'm in Ottawa. I didn't know you were in St. Pete's, Florida. Like I'm, I, I tour Florida all throughout like the winter, so we'll have to uh, meet up for what? a cocktail at some point. I would love that. And by cocktail, he means specifically an old-fashioned because uh, that's what we were drinking in Kentucky, uh, drinking some bourbon. No, but dude, so yeah, for sure, I'm in St. Pete, Florida. And this is something I like to correct people. Everyone calls it St. Pete's. People, It's a Canadian thing, I think. It's just St. Pete. Please. No S. Yes. There's no S. <laughs> it's okay. It's not a Canadian Thank thing you. because it's not a Canadian thing because during the intro when you said where we met, you're like, "Grow your business for God's sakes." So it's obviously you put an S where it's not <laughs> it's supposed to be. Okay, I like it. That's that's. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, so St. Pete, short for St. Petersburg, and I guess it makes sense because Peters. So it could be St. Pete's. I don't know. I don't get it. It's St. Pete Beach, St. Pete, Florida. Anyways, dude. So talk to me. You're a musician. Let's talk. Let's go a little bit back. If you if you if you've ever caught any of my segments when I interview people, I don't necessarily want to hear just about the success. That's awesome. I'm happy you've reached success. But let's talk about the journey to success. So as a young kid, let's go way back. A young kid growing up in on in Ottawa, Canada, or wherever it was that you grew up. Um, what was life like? And when did you first realize that you actually had a gift in the space of music and also being funny? Hang on, I gotta change my Wi-Fi settings here. I'm getting poor signal strength. Can you hear that? He can hear you, so fine. 
second, one second, second, second. There you go. How's that? It's awesome. Perfect. You're All loud right. and clear. Yeah. Uh, no. So as a kid, it was. Um, I didn't have any any talent as a kid. <laughs> it, it was. Uh, it was more like, I don't know, inadequacy issues. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it's just I didn't. I didn't try, you know, I was, a, I was an athlete as a kid. I, I, I loved to play outside and stuff like that. And then high school came along and, you know, I thought I'd dabble with the guitar a little bit. But then you got like these battle of the bands and stuff. And I remember specifically one of them, uh, you know, it was at the high school. And I mean, everybody sucks in high school, let's face it, right? But then there's this one kid and you're just looking at like, how, how was he able to do this on a guitar? It was ridiculous. So I'm like, I'm never going to be as good as that guy. And uh, it still rings true today. That guy ended up being uh, Justin Bieber's guitar player, and now he tours the world with, <laughs> with him. But uh, fast forwarding a bit for uh, a bit more, like I just I, I got into it late, and now you know for the last twenty years, just been trying to catch up. Okay, so it's it's. <laughs> I love that you got into it late, and yet your 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 songs are heard on commercials. You do work for Under Armour. You're a corporate comedian. You travel the world, literally, um, with your talent. How did you then start refining these talents? Once, so you are you saying that you really didn't have a voice, and you kind of taught yourself how to sing? And you obviously you taught yourself instruments, but was there no like semblance of talent that you kind of latched onto or everything's really just kind of self-taught? Uh, no, I was trying to, uh, my, my dad was a musician. He was in a bluegrass band, um, for like 25 years. And so maybe I was just trying to garner his attention. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but, uh, I decided, you know, maybe, maybe guitar is a good thing to try. So I, I, I picked it up and I just, I have this, this rare ailment, which is, I think that I can do anything even though it's not the case. And so I'm like, you know what? It's, let's, just, let's just go for it with no singing lessons, without anything else. Let's just release an album, you know, because uh, then maybe I'll get a hug from, uh, from the people who raised me. And so uh, that's what I did. I released probably the worst album on the planet. This was in the 90s sometime. And um, I, I, I got a hug, which is, which is the goal at that point. So they, you know, congratulations. But what also happened in that instance was uh, I fell in love with it. I was like the process of recording and-, and Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Creating like, well, and then I know that the album sucks, so I'm like, I can do better than this. And so for the last 20 years, I've been trying to uh, just better myself year after year. That was number one album, and this, uh, now we're on like number, number eight or nine, the one that just dropped last week. So it's, uh, we've come a long way. Okay, so that's pretty cool, I, and I love. So let's talk. Let's unpackage that a little bit. So you know, obviously, you quote your mom on your website, and she's a big fan. But let's talk about your dad. Why was it? Was he just absent, or why was it that you were hoping for a hug? Um, was he just busy doing his bluegrass stuff? Like, what was going on there? Well, a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's joking aside, but it, it's. Uh, 
it's fun. It's it's it, it, at that age, like anything you can do to get your parents' attention is is um, is what I what we <laughs> what we're attracted to, I suppose. They have a, a construction company, and uh, and I've been being on construction sites my entire adolescence, and I just I'm not a I'm not a handy fella. You know what I mean? It's just like my like my dad's considered a, a manly man, you know, and I'm considered the daughter he never had. <laughs> and uh, my sister hates that joke, but listen, it, it's uh, I don't know, it, it's so we, we we differ in in that sense. So I'm like, we, maybe we can find some commonality and common ground through music, and we do, and we have, and we have a great relationship. Okay, that's awesome. So now you have a great relationship with both your parents, your father coming from construction, you going the artistic route. And so talk to me about a kind of mindset of, first off, you said that you suffer from an ailment where you kind of, you know, believe that you can make anything happen. Uh, is it contagious? Because <laughs> I, I think that that's what most people oftentimes are lacking in, and, and oftentimes why they don't actually achieve is they don't believe and they don't even try. How has this mentality of just I'm going to put on an album and I'm going to figure out how to do it and then hey that album sucks I, the next one's got to be better and continuing to do it how has that served you in your mission and kind of goals of achieving what you've achieved well the medical term is the ability to not be afraid to look dumb and you can look it up I don't know I don't have a medical dictionary but it's it's basically it's basically that when people way more talented than me are uh, just, just are afraid to, to put themselves out there and really uh, express what it is they create because maybe they're afraid of judgment. Maybe they do have inadequacy issues. But my journey was, uh, I, I, so the first album, like the one that was just a trial, that was whatever. But anyway, I tried to take it seriously. Um, somewhere in 2008 region. So I went down to Nashville. I'm like, all right, I'm going to hire the best musicians, you know, in the city to try to make myself sound as good as possible. All right, so I, it, it's basically making up for my shortcomings. So I got Reba's guitar player and, and uh, you know, Tim McGraw's fiddle player and Blake Shelton's drummer, the whole, the whole, the whole works. And so we created this album that was uh, the best possible product that I could create at that time and it was it sounded great so i was all excited i was going to bring it back to canada we were going to release it to radio and radio did not love it they were like it's good but it's not great and i don't know what it was it wasn't necessarily the songs maybe it was just the way um, i just didn't fit in with what was being played on the radio at that time so i was a little discouraged yes so i just decided all right i'm gonna throw it on youtube you know, and people will find it. People will hopefully enjoy it, and it's out there in the universe now. A couple of years go by, and I get this call from an ad company in New York. They're like, "Hey, we heard your song Break Free' on YouTube. We'd love to use it for this ad campaign. Um, you know, for the next few years, for one of our part of a pharmaceutical company." And so I was like, "Cool, uh, go ahead and use it." And I didn't realize that music licensing was actually a big part of the music industry and nobody would know that unless I told you. And so they did that just that. So this this song was attached to a pharmaceutical product or something like that and it went into TV and commercials and 
the whole thing with like Arnold Palmer, Kevin Nealon, like NBA stars like Chris Bosch and the whole. And so it, I basically, I found a niche, okay? So maybe my voice, maybe my songwriting style wasn't great for contemporary radio, but it locked right in for uh, music licensing and like commercials and things like that. So I wouldn't have realized that if I hadn't uh, just released the album to begin with. And so once I realized that, it's like, well, if I just put stuff out there, what, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. But as a result of releasing it, something else happened. And that's the aha moment that uh, occurred to me. So since then, and that was, what, I don't know, 15 years ago now, uh, I just create uh, based on whatever I feel inspired to create. And I curate it as much as possible. Like it still has to be quality, but uh, I release it. And hope for the best and, and similar circumstances have happened you know since then like it's it's amazing like what what you think is going to happen just is not necessarily what, what did the heather parody say at the thing the thing that's not the thing is not the thing or something like that right right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly and I, and I love that because it wasn't the thing right like you first and foremost you just were like hey i'm in high school let's pick up the guitar then you're like hey if i'm playing the guitar and singing i may as well drop an album and you're like, okay, well, that album wasn't that great. But years later, you're like, hey, I actually want to do a quality album. And you felt called. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you took out loans to hire those people uh, in Nashville. And, and you were able to ultimately pay back the money that you were, or, you know, whatever, credit somehow. You were $40,000 in debt from that. And you were able to pay that back because a few years later, your song on YouTube got recognized and it got attached to, you know, a commercial. So do you feel that sometimes in your life that these types of things have manifested themselves kind of often because you were ready to just create in spite of what necessarily you were kind of creating for it wasn't for the fame and fortune it was you enjoyed it you wanted to create it obviously in, at a level of quality but do you think that that's kind of been manifesting things in your life throughout your life well yeah just simply putting the energy into whatever it is you're working on Although it may not lead to the path that you want, it's going to lead down a, a road that in, in a similar direction. And it may not lead us directly to St. Pete's, but it might hit Tampa, which is also a cool city, you know what I mean? Um, and to, to back that up a little bit, like I didn't go into uh, to debt. So I, I, I recorded this album, it was for $40,000, which is expensive you know, at the time, and it's uh, I, I paid for it with, uh, with, with, okay. So back, back it up again after high school. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a musician. This is, this is, we're going all in. Right. And my mom's like, you're, you're going to college. Like, <laughs> there's no, and if, or buts about it, I'm like, okay, deal. So I did that. I got the college education, started a little software company in my early twenties. And, uh, I, I built that up into a, a, a point where I could really balance that with my, artistic side like I could you know have flexible hours and and that and so it gave me a little bit of a, a financial backing like I was like my own sponsor for my music career if you look at it that way and so uh, I was able to pay for that album myself and the reason I tell you that is because I didn't want to go to college my mom kind of like forced me into it as, as a lot of parents do to people and so the album wouldn't have happened if my mom hadn't forced me to do that and so everything happens for a reason like i didn't i didn't think that that was the way i was going to make it happen but it did 
all right? And now it manifests into, even in my, in my comedy today. Like I, I uh, what was, uh, uh, Niku was mentioning like luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And that's completely rings true. When you condition yourself to what it is you want to do, like when the opportunity strikes, you are absolutely ready. I, I love that. So then let's talk about this comedy career that you've kind of, that you've delved into. What, where was that transition that you decided, hey, I'm not just going to make um, music albums, country music albums, but I'm actually going to create comedy albums and I'm going to be a corporate comedian and I'm going to speak to people and bring them joy. Um, when was that kind of transition happen? Why did, how did it come about? I was playing like theater gigs for in music and I, I got to a point where I was just, I, I would banter in between songs and to a point where I was, you know, making people laugh and it felt really good. And I was like, I like this better than singing the songs themselves. Why don't I just get rid of the songs and just do the bantery part? So I'm like, all right, let's just try the stand-up comedy thing. And like most people who decide I'm going to be a stand-up comedian, they chicken out for several years. And so I was like, I need to, I need to try it out. And so there's this contest in my local town and I signed up for it because now I was, I was held accountable. It's like my name's on the registration. I'm pretty much have to show up. So I'm in this contest. I wrote some jokes and this is my first time on stage. And much to my surprise, uh, I lost, uh, I did not place, but I fell in love with the craft. And so I was like, you know, I'm not dead. I didn't die after that first comedy experience. So what's the worst that can happen? So I just continued to write, continued to create uh, new jokes, new premises. And that's just part of the process. It's just, that's, it's like the equivalent of, of creating that first album. Like I, I sucked. I know I sucked. I realize that now at the time I didn't realize it, but <laughs> looking back at some of those jokes, like those aren't funny. Even like, you know, with Facebook, it's like you, you know, you get your, your memories pop up every now and then like, here's a memory that you shared in, in 2013. And, uh, it was like, a, you know, <laughs> that is not funny or clever or entertaining. I don't know why I posted that, but you only realize that now, you know, you know 11 years later or nine years later. Um, did I answer part of that question? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I, I think that's really funny about Facebook because I have seen those memories where I was like, what the heck <laughs> was I thinking when I posted that, you know, eight years ago, 10 years ago? Um, and I wasn't even trying to necessarily be funny, but this is I, what I find really kind of, amazing about you is that you you went and created a software company and it was successful enough that it kind of funded your your, your the beginning of your career you decided oh i'm gonna drop a country album and, and now you've been on stage with keith keith urban and you've been on commercials you said ah let me try my hand at comedy and you failed at first but then you won and now you have comedy albums that people buy and you're hilarious like you were cracking up the entire audience what is it within you that keeps just saying, obviously you said it's the ailment, but you have to, I mean, are you putting on thick skin every single day? Like, how are you able to continue to just leap without a parachute, be willing to fall, pick yourself up, dust off your knees and try again? Like, what keeps you in that? Not being afraid to look dumb. So when I started in comedy, uh, I had a a little bit of a, a music presence happening. And so I was like, I can't, I can't, I just, I was used to like doing well with music. So I, I couldn't, 
one of these clubs and have a music fan in there seeing me bomb and tell the terrible jokes. So what I would do is I would drive an hour and a half out of town every time I wanted to try new jokes. So although I wasn't afraid to look dumb, I still have caveats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was, I'm not afraid to look dumb in a remote town an hour and a half from my house. Um, so I, I try little things. Like it's like I, um, it's kind of experimenting. It's, you know, try it out in like a, like a little niche uh, or niche. What, what, what country are you in? Whatever you, however you say it. You know, um, I, I try it out with a small audience to see how it resonates first before I, uh, before I try it on a, on a larger scale. And I think I even mentioned in my, in my talk uh, last week, it's like, like the, when you see Netflix specials, like Dave Chappelle and Jerry Seinfeld, it's like 60 minutes of hilarity and comedy. And like, they're superstars. Like that's just what you see them do. Like we all see them on that giant stage. But what you don't see is them in small comedy clubs uh, trying out these premises and jokes and punchlines and reworking the words. And you see them on stage, like literally with a notepad, making notes. Like you don't see that. You just see them as rock stars. And so I try to take that same discipline into whatever it is I try to do. Um, we have, we're living in a social media world. If you look at my feed, it looks like, hey, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's got his crap together. He's, he's doing well. What you, I don't post is everything that I don't do well, everything I fail at. You know, every now and then, like, I like to share some of my failures with people to let them know, hey, it's not exactly all sunshine and roses over here. But that's what most people do. They look at other people's highlight reel and they think, I can never do that. Whereas I know, based on my experience and all these random things I try, that's not the case. Like, no one is perfect. Okay, so you're not afraid to feel to look dumb. You're not afraid to feel stupid. You're not afraid to make a fool of yourself, however you want to word it. How have you then taken that into your willingness to, like, are there moments that you actually feel dumb and then you shift that perspective? Or you genuinely just don't care what people think? Uh, no, I definitely care what people think. I mean, people who say they don't is uh, is probably a liar or a sociopath. So <laughs> you need. Uh, um, it, it's a matter of reframing it. Like I think uh, who's talking about reframing this morning? I think it was uh, Elijah. It's like instead of trying something new and looking dumb in front of an audience, it's trying something new and inspiring them to also try something that they want to try. So when they see you fail, it's, they're not like, oh my God, what a loser, he's failing. It's, wow, he's brave, he's courageous to you know, put himself out there and try that. Maybe I should try to start that Etsy store that I've been putting on the shelf this long. Interesting. So you're willing to look dumb in the hopes that it's going to mo motivate someone else to ultimately potentially be willing to do something even if it makes them look dumb. Well, that's not the reason why I do it. The reason I do it is to try to be successful at it. I'm not feeling <laughs> on purpose. So I'm trying to create my own thing here, but in a process, like that's how I frame it in my head. Like if they see me fail, you, you build up a resilience to it is, is the point. Like as a young comedian, the most terrifying thing is to get up on stage and tell jokes that aren't funny and just hear crickets. Uh, but after, like over time, that, that goes away. Like you can get up there 
like I said, with, with Chris Rock will jump on there with a, with a notepad and just like write notes in front of an audience while they all stare at him. Like it's just, <laughs> you become resilient to it. And I think you can create that same resilience in literally anything you do. You know, you know business, everything. Go ahead. A hundred percent. And I actually, I had the privilege of hanging out with um, Kevin Hart. And, I, and I, when I say this, guys, I, I listen, they were on stage and I was, you know, on the first or second row. But I, I say that we're intimately hanging out. Uh, no, but Kevin Hart talks about even still to this day, before he has a stand-up comedy special, we, we see him more in movies and things now, but before he goes and does stand-up, he will test out a joke at 10 different little dive comedy bars and go in and see if that joke works. And if it doesn't work in all 10 bars, it, it, doesn't, make to the, it doesn't make it to the set. You know, and it's this constantly refining of your gifts and of your tools so that whenever people see what Kevin Hart's presenting on stage, it's already – those jokes have already heard – have already been heard by thousands of people before it gets in front of millions because he's refining his tools so much so. So talk to me a little bit about this next album, the album that you just dropped. Um, it's a comedy album. Are we? I know that your comedy includes some singing, so is there going to be – you know, uh, funny songs in there as well. What's it like? Well, every album I've released up until now has been a, a, a like a music album. Whether it's uh, when I started out in, in alternative rock back in 2004, then I moved into country music for several years, and then uh, somewhere in the 2012-ish region, I started to procreate, and all I could see was. Sesame Street and, and YouTube videos of, of children's songs on my devices as well. And I was like, this is, this is, it's pretty good, but I think I could do better because again, I have that illness, right? So I decided to create my own children's album and I created these uh, country versions of, 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 of songs with like an inspirational message and tried to use the same model I did with my contemporary country songs. I don't know if you've ever heard a children's song. It's like, la, la. It's not. It's just kind of like they're. They're not exactly giving children the credit they deserve. Like kids love to hear things that are produced, like adults hear. But sometimes the lyrics are not exactly appropriate. <laughs> so I just created a kids album, produced the same way an adult, adult album would be created, but with you know kid lyrics, and uh, it was great. It won a Parents Choice Award. It uh, again that got licensed in like a, a few commercials as well. I was like, this is kind of fun. But then I had another kid a couple years later. I'm like, oh, I keep making these kids. And so I just decided to release uh, two more children's albums. And that's kind of a path I took for a good stint there. Then I finally made my way back into the country music world um, until the comedy thing came through. So last year, uh, I guess 2020, I was going to release my first stand-up comedy album. But uh, we hit... We got hit with the global pandemic, and so uh, there were no audiences to tell jokes to. And you're telling jokes to no people, it, they're not as funny. Like, they kind of need that laughter, right, on the recording. So I had to put that on the shelf. I'm like, what am I going to do? I have these jokes. I'll just put them on the shelf, and instead, I'm just going to isolate in a recording studio and create a funny music album. So I just wrote 11 songs that I think are funny and uh, you've heard one of them last week live. <laughs> Yoga's not a workout. It's basically, it's not that I think that, it, that it's not that I'm trying to piss off yoga people. It's more like I'm just trying to take the piss out of people who take themselves a little too seriously. So it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. I realize yoga's a workout. I'm just, you know, 
kind of it's just comedy for now. Yeah, I mean, I like I thought it was a funny. I mean, I I I went and did yoga yesterday. I would not call myself a yogi. I do enjoy it, but I found it funny because I could tell it was tongue in cheek. It was just being funny. You know, you were just cheeky, and I appreciate that. And some what I love. I don't always say this actually about British people. I love how British people can take the piss out of each other and no one gets kind of frustrated. Everyone just kind of laughs and it's like, that's funny, good job. Uh, I found the same when I lived in Australia and in New Zealand, kind of same mentality. And Americans, we're a little sensitive, but we get, you can't really always take the piss out of each other. But this, I think, was done tastefully where it's clearly, you, 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 you know, you, you're not anti-yoga, you're just being funny. But my question for you is this, okay, so you're a musician. You're a comedian. You um, you went through something recently, or, or not so recently. I don't exactly know the timeline. That wasn't, uh, you know, you don't wake up every day and say, hey, I really hope that uh, by the end of the day, there's a tree smashing into my house. And, um, um, you know, I no longer have a place to live for me and my family. <laughs> and yet, you really kind of spun it in a positive way. Where does that positivity come from? And can you share the story of what happened with the tornado and everything? And, 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 and how, where are things now? How's the house, et cetera? I'm standing in the house that got hit with the tornado. This is 2018. Uh, it, it, it did happen. It did catch us by surprise because I live in Ottawa and the, the, this tornadoes don't necessarily happen here. And so I got warnings on my phone. Like, <laughs> There's a tornado coming and it was muted. I'm like, they've, Clearly, there's an error, right? Clearly, there's no problem here. And so we were right along our day. I'm eating pizza in the living room with the kids. All of a sudden, our neighbor's tree lands in the yard, which is a pretty good indication that I should put on some pants. And then uh, some panic sets in. I grab my favorite kid. We head down to the basement. Okay, and that's when it happens. The roof flies off. The kid's swing set disappears. But they don't care, you know, because now they... We have a new pool. This is, you know, finder key, finders keepers, as you know. Um, and so it, it's, there's a lot of damage, and but it, it, we're insured. Like, it, it was more of the inconvenience. Like, 20 minutes before the tornado, true story, I had just vacuumed. And I'm never going to get that time back. But uh, it, it's, it, it's it, it came as a shock to us all, uh, you know, you we live in a in a wooded area, just lots of lots of trees. So it wasn't necessarily the wind that hurt us as much as the wind blowing the trees down onto the uh, the house. And so that's the joke. I have this the video uh, created of uh, of my new tree house or whatever, right? So uh, after something like that happens, it's it's devastating. That the, the neighbors are are all all panicked and and trying to phone insurance and, and try to, you know, we're trying to see what, if there's any, what the damage is and stuff like that. And, you know, a day or two passes, we find there were no injuries, no fatalities, no, it was just property damage, which is fantastic. Property can be replaced. So everyone's still in a state, like everyone's homeless at this point. So like, I, I gotta, I, I felt the calling, like, I, what, are, what, are, what are my gifts? So I created this funny YouTube video. I just I just picked up a camera, started narrating like a Cribs parody. It's like, well, I'm gonna bring around my house. Here's a here's a this is my tree house. You know, there's a uh, there's a tree in my bedroom. Like it's just 
I, I recommend you go on YouTube, just look up Rory Gardner Tornado. You can see the video for yourself. It's, it's not as funny as I explained it to you. However, that, uh, that video, it, it, it went locally viral, puts a smile on everyone's face, and everyone's happy. Because up until this point, as you know, uh, through conversations, it's just, as an artist, you're, you're always like, what, like, is there a reason you're doing this? Like, why do I, why do, I do this? Am I really, who's talking? I think it was Kim or, or Niku, I forget who, it was talking about it earlier. Like, is there a, a purpose for what I do? Is there a calling for what I do? And, and I create jokes, like they're, which are mostly pretty dumb. <laughs> so I'm like, what are you, why am I here? And uh, up until this tornado incident, I didn't realize why I was here. But, you know, that, that video now gets shared at PTSD conferences. And uh, therapists use just who treat their trauma patients. It shows them an example of sublimation where you're taking, you're removing a negative situation and applying it or replacing it with a positive. And uh, somehow that video got leaked over to the TED people. So they invited me to this TEDx in Colorado on the topic of resilience and using humor to overcome adversity. And that's right around the time frame where I realized, okay, well, what I do uh, matters. Like, so there's a reason for it, and now I can lean into it a bit more. I love that. And, and it was Heather Parody who quoted Steve Martin when she said, I'm here to relieve people of their concerns, that that is his mission as a comedian. And I love that you've kind of caught on to that. And at, first off, I love to talk about sublimation. Now, we can do that. We can talk about that for hours. That's like totally my jam. Um, but talk to me about, we know that that was, that was Steve Martin. He quotes that because that's why he does comedy. That's why he creates. That's why he is the artist that he is. What is your driving force? Why do you create? And did this um, situation with the tornado sort of kind of give you that, that driving force? Or do you think it's always kind of been there? Well, my, my, I just like to make people laugh. That, that was my, my, my mission uh, years ago, because I love entertaining. They look, you know, they've got a smile on their faces. I'm doing something good. This is, this is how that my brain works. And then after the tornado situation, that's when my comedy really started to pop. Like I'd be telling funny jokes before that, but after I started talking about real things, uh, life-changing things, that's when it took on a, a different force. It was like, now I'm talking about real things, and now I am delivering a message, uh, inspiration, but using humor to as a vehicle to, to really engage people with it. And I feel like since the last three years, that's sort of where my, uh, my creativity is, is gone. I love that. And so what's ultimately, what's next for you? Like, where do you want to go? Where do you see this going? Um, how can people find you, et cetera? Like, tell all, if, what's the mission, like, in your heart that you got to share with the world? Well, uh, it's exactly that. It, it's, uh, I mean, art is, it's basically growing. You're just trying to grow as an artist. And we heard, like, Elijah and Kim speak earlier about, like, scaling and, and, and trying to, uh, you have a discipline to, to, to grow. And it, and that's essentially the same sort of thing. Like scaling in business is different than scaling in art because it's so subjective. It's really hard to, uh, your business is, is, is a lot like uh, you're dealing with widgets. It's like, well, if I do this, I will create this amount of business and 
have X amount of dollars. But dollars aren't necessarily the reward for artists. It's more like, uh, like I would say, impact. You know I mean, like if, if you ask me tomorrow to be on The Tonight Show, they don't pay you to be on The Tonight Show, but I would do it because it, it, would, it would scale my comedy career and I would be able to impact more people as a result. And so I'm trying to, over the last couple of years, it's, it's been difficult because what I do is a lot of live stuff and we haven't been able to go out in public a lot lately. It's like in Kentucky, I was like surprised when I got down there. Everyone, it's like no one's wearing masks. Like it's still really tight up here in Canada. I mentioned actually on stage that last week I had a prostate exam over Zoom and uh, it was awkward. Like the doctor's watching me from the laptop and uh, yeah, I think he was a doctor. I don't know. I'm self-administered in this thing. I'm not a medical professional. Like I don't know how I'm supposed to be able to do this, but it's the world we live in now. And so I am trying to deliver this message uh, through uh, different platforms. When I get opportunities to speak at an event, let's just say like last week at the Grow for God conference, it's, it's great because it's, I have a unique story and I can deliver a message, something like a comedy routine with value and hopefully impact lives. Like when I'm trying out new jokes in comedy clubs, yeah, I'm making them laugh and stuff like that, but I'm basically using that as the gym, all right? I'm using that to try out premises, punchlines, so that I can apply it into a message that I could, uh, they can tell like larger crowds in the future. And so uh, if someone was a, uh, you know, up and coming comedian, up and coming musician, someone who, you know, is in the creative space and they want to, they want to get their words, their gifts out to the world. What's a piece of advice that you would give them? Uh, like it, it, it's in a nutshell, like just do it again, not be afraid to look dumb. Right. So it's, and it's easier said than done. It's like, well, what does that mean? Like, how do I do it? So let's just use, okay, I'll use music as an example. I feel like if you are a songwriter or a singer and you want to get your music out to the public, well, what's step one? All right, step one would be, uh, let's write a song. Okay, so let's write a few songs, okay? And then share it to a small group of people and get, let them tell you which one's the best, right? Oh, this one is perfect. Okay, that's the one I'm gonna record. This one I'm gonna start recording. And then you're gonna call up your local recording company. All right, well, let's, uh, let's just, there's a studio up the street from my house. Let's go track these songs. The producer at the studio is gonna hook me up with you know, a few people who can help me out with drums and guitars and stuff, and we're gonna, we're going to record this song. And then once the song's recorded, what are you gonna do? You're gonna, well, how do I make this more impactful? Maybe, maybe you'll create a, an associated lyric video or something along with it. So you'll post it on your social media, and then you will post it on Spotify and just allow people to, to find it organically. You know, sometimes maybe the New York agency will call you and say, hey, uh, we heard your song and we'd love to use it in a campaign over the next four years. And that was amazing because it was like national for me when that happened. And so like I'd be, you know, 2,000 miles away from my house and I'd be like getting my oil changed and I'd be sitting in the waiting room and the commercial would come on. And I want so badly to like nudge the guy next to me. It's like, hey, that's my song. But I'm cooler than that. So I, I, I don't do that. But <clears throat> the point is you never know what's going to happen. But it's just step by step. Uh, you know, will lead to your ine inevitable what it is you want to do. And if it doesn't happen, 
let's just say you do release it on Spotify, you do release it on YouTube and nothing happens. Well, that's a good reason to try again. Your next song is going to be better because you've gone through it once before. You're gonna, you're gonna think, hey, well, this hook didn't work. Let's try to write a ballad instead of like a fast song because maybe that's more, uh, more my style, right? And so you do that and then you go back to the studio. It's like, I didn't like the way the guitar player did this. I didn't like his guitar tone. Can we use a different guitar player? Or maybe a drummer who slaps a little better, you know? Like I didn't like the, the brushes he was using. That was weird. And so now you learn things as you go through the process again. So you have another song now, you release that. So it gets a little bit more traction. You're like, hey, that's not bad. You know what I should do though? I should, I should try to alter my, alter my genre a little bit. I'm writing a lot of country. Maybe I should put like a, like a hip hop beat behind a country song. That might be cool. Then you try that. And then eventually you do it 12 more times, you have a full album. Where did the hell did that happen? Like, how did that happen? I, just, I, just, I was just doing one little thing at a time and now I have a full album. Let's release it, see what happens. Repeat this over the next 20 years, just balance, something's gonna happen. And, and what's interesting is I feel like regardless if you're a musician or if you're a comedian and you're listening to this interview, it, it doesn't have to be 12 tracks that you're trying, right? To pull together an album. If you could use this in anything that you do in life, if you are someone that is ultimately trying to, um, if you're someone that's trying to up-level your business, scale your business, if you're someone that's trying to, you know, better yourself, whatever it is, you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to have more energy, you're trying to up-level all areas in life, that same mentality of try it, do it, come back, figure out what you don't like, figure out what you do like, try it again with more of what you like and less of what you do like, come back, figure out what you like this time, figure out what you don't like, and do it again. And I love that you keep mentioning this of just doing it and going for it and kind of trying and not being afraid to look dumb. I always, you know, one of my favorite books, and I recommend this to anyone that's in any type of business. Now, listen, if you are creative and you are a musician, you're an artist, you're a performer, you are in business because the business is to promote and sell yourself. So really, if you're in this, if you hear the sound of my voice, I strongly recommend this is a book that's less than 100 pages. I believe if you get the Audible, it's an hour and a half listen. I did not write this book. I make no money from promoting this book, but I love this book, and it's called Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander. And what I have to tell you, dude, is that in hearing you talk this weekend, hearing you or hearing your talent, you know, you, trust me, I feel like all comedians should get on Clubhouse and try their their <laughs> try their routines and, and see how they feel because unless people are unmuting and laughing, you feel like you fail every single time. Like when you're saying the prostate uh, over the <laughs> over video, I'm over here dying laughing and I don't want to do it unmuted because I don't want to disrupt you. Uh, but you could really kind of fine tune your skills here because it feels like crickets. However, read this book, Rhinoceros Success you are such a rhino dude like you have such thick skin one of the things about rhinos is that their skin is like two to three inches thick so before modern weaponry darts arrows spears they couldn't pierce the skin of a rhino and so regardless of what people are thinking negatively of you when you try something regardless of if people like your jokes or they like your music or not you created because you had that burning desire inside of you to create and you were willing to do it even if you looked dumb. 
And we can all take that into any aspect of our life. When I started this journey of health and wellness and I decided, you know, to go live as I weighed myself, it was my very first live on Facebook ever. I didn't, I had not weighed myself in over a year. So I knew the number was up there. I knew it was the highest because I felt like I was the heaviest I'd ever been, but I didn't know what that number was, but I was willing to look dumb and feel dumb <laughs> and go on live and weigh myself for the world to see because it kept me accountable. And ultimately that propelled me into a future I never expected to be living. And so you were willing to do what was dumb, what was uncomfortable, what not dumb, excuse me, what felt dumb, what people may have thought looked dumb and what was uncomfortable to you so you could ultimately reach the goal of living the life that you want to live, of being able to see a tornado do damage to your community and actually bring joy to the lives of others through it, to be able to get called by pharmaceutical companies saying, hey, we need to use your sounds for our commercials, to be able to create something that children can participate in and listen to in a fun way, to be able to ultimately understand that you are on stage in front of millionaires, like uh, sharing the stage last weekend with Grant Cardone, with Donal Delgado, with Amelia Antonetti, with Brian Hess, with Scott Simons, so, uh, Glenn Lundy, Tamara Andress, Sarah McCord, so many incredible people, all because you picked up a guitar in high school and you decided to give it a go. And giving it a go just turned into, well, I'm, I'm not, I may as well drop an album. Oh, well, I may as well take the money that I made from my software company and drop an even bigger album. Ah, I may as well create something for children. Ah, I may as well. I may as well. And every single time, whether it's a hit or not, it has been a success. And the reason it's been a success is because you did it. And so how has that journey, like when you look back through the eyes of someone else, hearing someone speak of your journey to where you've come to now, what does it feel like? And do you see that same journey or were you just kind of happily along for the ride? Was as you, first of all, thank you for the rhino reference. If I wasn't self-conscious about my nose before, uh, you know, now it's more of a And that's what I was referencing actually. Yeah. So thank you for catching that. Yeah. Thank you very much. No joke. My, my grandma yesterday said, uh, <laughs> I look like she, ran, she saw Jamie Foxx being interviewed for his new book. She's like, that looks a lot like Rory. I'm like, what? Anyway, uh, I get that all the time. And it, it's, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, it, it's, it's more of a, as you get older, you realize it's, it, it, it's, it's such a cliche and I hate saying it, but like it's the <laughs> journey rather than the destination. And so when you become resilient to, to the failure, it's like, okay, well, let's, let's release it. It's time to release the album. Let's do it. If it happens, it happens. If not, it doesn't matter because I'm already rewriting, you know, writing the next one. And so that it's hard to get disappointed when you're already distracted with, with the next thing. And that's just the, the, the journey I'm on right now. Yeah, I'm just going to keep driving as opposed to pulling over sobbing that I'm lost. And, uh, I, you know, just my GPS is, is now conditioned to uh, just keep going, take the detours wherever it's going to go. But it's uh, maybe it's a hybrid car. It doesn't even run out of gas because it's so energetic. I love it. 
So what's next? So tell, tell everyone how they can find your album, where they can find the new one that just dropped, uh, and what's next for you. What's next for me? Uh, it, it's keep going down this path, but like lean into the purpose a little bit more. You know, every time I, I every time I experience something new, like let's say the broker God thing last week, it's like I, I meet a whole. I think I know what I'm doing, and then you meet a whole new demographic of people who change the trajectory of your life. And so now it's like I, I, I was already doing it, but now I am doubling down on being more purpose-driven with what I create, and that is the path for me. But as far as the album I just released, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, anywhere. It's called Modern Day Problems, and uh, as I said before, it. it uh, it takes the piss out of um, a lot of people who take themselves <laughs> too seriously. But again, in a non-offensive way, I, I'm a clean comic. I don't want to insult anyone. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of good fun. And then also talk about, because I know that you do corporate events, and I know in Canada right now you're not getting a lot of stage time in person, but there are pretty big pockets in the United States that um, you can get on stage, you can speak in person. How can people find out information about Rory, the corporate comedian? So go to my website, RoryGardner.com. There's a, you know, there's, there's, there's contact information there. There's, there's demo reels there. And it's great. I love doing corporate stuff because it's, you can really engage. It's like a lot of crowd work and you can really uh, cater your jokes to your organization. I did one last week for like a real estate company. And so it forced me to write real estate jokes, which I never thought I would do, but you know, it ties right in with my, my tornado experience. And so it was, it was a coincidental, but it's fun. And like I said, I do uh, like half my year is, is stuff in the United States. I, I try to escape the winter to do a lot of the warm stuff in the, in those warm States, which is, which is great. So I, uh, I try to tag on as much corporate work as I can and whatever organization uh, will have me. So it's, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome, brother. Well, listen, I appreciate you giving of your time. I know we were only supposed to have a 30-minute segment today, but we got it extended, which is phenomenal. And, and Rory, any last words, anything you'd like to share with the audience, anything that's on your heart that you need to share uh, to maybe that one person listening? To maybe that one person listening, just – I mean, if you, have, if, you feel, if, you, if you have a calling, like something you feel as though you were meant to do, I mean, you'd be doing a world like a major disservice not to at least make an attempt. If my kids asked me the other day, like, what would you, did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up, like when you were our age? And I mean, the answer is no. Like when I was their age, I wanted to be Donkey Kong. My whole life trajectory was based on Nintendo. Like, oh, you know, if Super Mario can get a princess on a plumber's salary, then maybe I should go into the trades. But I, uh, <laughs> just change just roll with the punches like the decision you make now might not even be in your subconscious uh, a year from now so just move forward just the worst thing you can do is stay still because one sure thing <laughs> that we know is if you stay still nothing's going to happen so true ladies and gentlemen it's mr rory gardner thank you so much rory for your time for your answers for your questions i greatly greatly appreciate you Make sure that if you're not following him here on Clubhouse uh, or across socials, that you click on his face and do just 
that. And if you are interested in possibly booking him as a comedian or getting his album, make sure you're checking out his website and you can find him on Spotify, Apple Music, across all of those good locations. Did I say that correctly, Rory? I don't want to misquote where they can find you. Absolutely. No, no, it's all good. I, I look forward to connecting with whoever wants to connect. Yes, fantastic, brother. Well, we appreciate you guys. And I'm going to reset the room before before we get – Ray Lynn, are you here, brother? Yes, sir. Ray Lynn, I know that this is your segment next, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and so I'm going to reset the room, and then I will pass over to you. Uh, but I got to know, before we kind of reset the room, are you willing to do what it takes, if even that means sometimes looking dumb, to make it to your goals and reach – all that God has intended you to reach, my brother? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're already doing it every single day. And so I'm super excited uh, for the segment that we're going to be hitting up next. Ladies and gentlemen, you are here in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire's Breakfast Club. And <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> and all these things are popping up, and I'm going to the announcements only. Uh, you're the, we are here every single morning to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every Saturday, and from Club 111, our worship service on Sundays. We also have an incredible social media show at 11 a.m. today, every day, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., where you can learn all things socials with breaking news on Thursdays. Uh, tech talks and crypto talks because that's all part of social media as well as well as motivation and inspiration because on Mondays we talk all things motivation and mindset because believe it or not you got to be motivated and have a good mindset to actually do social media and sometimes you have to be willing to look dumb and be okay with it so that's at 11 a.m. kicked off today by the Embrace Your Ambition duo, Marcus Black and Ashley Brenstetter, and followed by Nate Forrest this day. So that's today at 11 a.m. right here on Clubhouse, not in this room, but under the Breakfast with Champions Club. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.